Well, as you can tell, Jesse is not here with us this morning, and he asked me to share with you the reason why he wasn't here. He didn't want you to feel abandoned and that you were left with a subpar replacement. Um, so I am here to tell you, as you may or may not know, there was a BOGO special at Krispy Kreme. So, <laughs> yes, indeed, Jesse is at home on the couch gorging himself on massive amounts of donuts. I'm kidding. Um, as you know, Jesse does some very cool things. And one of them is he coaches um, Special Olympics football. So today is their big tournament. He's in Jefferson City with his team. So we are rooting them on from our seats here. So this morning, I see that many of you already grabbed your at-home sheet. Um, but this is something that I put together just as a way for y'all to reflect as a family back on what we have learned this morning. So there's um, our memory verse. There is an activity, which is kind of fun. Super fun if you record it and watch it back, I'm just saying. Um, and just a little thought to consider. So if you haven't already grabbed a sheet, they are right over here. Please feel free to take one with you on the way out. So this morning, our scripture, it comes from Matthew. Matthew 11, 25 through 30. And then Jesus began to pray, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed your truth to the lowly and the ignorant, the children and the crippled, the lame and the mute. You have hidden wisdom from those who pride themselves on being so wise and learned. You did this simply because it pleased you. The Father has handed everything over to my care, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son wishes to reveal the Father. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Put my yoke upon your shoulders. It might appear heavy at first, but it is perfectly fitted to your curves, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart. When you are yoked to me, your weary souls will find rest, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So as Jesus was communicating these truths, there was essentially two people groups in attendance. There was basically what we might call the haves and the have-nots. The haves would have been the Pharisees. These were the elite of the Jewish community. These were the people who were very well educated, who prided themselves on what they thought doing better. In reality, they were just doing more than those around them. And what Jesus is teaching in these words here is unlike anything they had ever learned before. And these words are also very different than what the other people group in attendance, the poor, we'll talk about them more in a minute, it's very different from anything that they had ever been taught also. So I have a question for you this morning. Have you ever believed something simply because someone in authority told you it was so. So psychologists have coined a term for this. It's called authority fallacy, which is attempting to support a claim by appealing to the judgment of one who is not an authority in the field, the judgment of an unidentified authority, or the judgment of an authority who is likely to be biased. So all this is is what I just said. It's simply believing something because someone in authority told you it was so. For example, uh, my psychology professor described it like this. I think it was her niece um, said that her, her niece believed the plural for foot was foots, not feet. She believed this because her older brother and sisters had told her that was so. 
she went to school, and her teacher attempted to correct her vocabulary, and <laughs> this little girl got really frustrated and angry even with her teacher, that the plural for foot was not feet, it was foot, and she knows this because her brother and sister said. So we all have instances of this in our life. So uh, there is said in situation in my life, sorry, Dad, um, <laughs> when my brother and I were little, our parents uh, liked to have a wood-burning fire going in the cooler months. And, um, and this happened all the time. But I remember one particular time, my brother and I sitting in front of this fire, and our dad threw a log on the fire, and it like whistled like really, really loudly. Have you ever heard that? Like when there's some moisture trapped in the wood, and it whistles? Okay, so that's what was happening this time. And I remember sitting next to my brother and us going back and forth about what the noise could possibly be. It didn't make any sense to us why that wood would be whistling so loudly. And I guess as, you know, five-year-olds, we couldn't come up with anything plausible. So we asked our dad. And we said, Dad, what is that noise coming from the fire? With a complete deadpan expression, he immediately responded, well, it's the termites trapped inside the wood. They're screaming. <laughs> now, I'm not sure when my brother realized that our dad was teasing us. But I can guarantee you, it was long before I did. Because I remember being in college, about 20 years old, <laughs> sitting around a fire with some friends, and similar situation. That wood had a lot of moisture trapped in it, and it was whistling loudly. And I don't know what possessed me to comment on the poor termites trapped inside that wood. And I, I should have stopped there. I should have noted the strange expressions and the complete and utter silence by my peers at the time. But no, I continued on how it's really kind of hard to listen to their screams and like, like how amazing it is that like such a tiny little insect can profess like such pain. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Needless to say, it was then I realized I had an authority fallacy. So thanks, Dad. So as ridiculous as my story is, something similar is happening here. Jesus is calling out the false beliefs that the Pharisees had held on to. And he's identifying that their beliefs and their practices are making not only their lives the Pharisees, they're also making the lives of those around them really unnecessarily difficult. So let's look at this passage just a little bit closer. We see here a yoke is mentioned. Typically in the Bible, when a yoke is mentioned, it has to do with captivity or slavery. Sometimes um, we see in Leviticus specifically and in Lamentations, um, it kind of contrasts the two. We see how it, it does go back to like hard work and slavery, um, such as what the Israelites experienced at the hands of Pharaoh. And in Lamentations, it does talk more about hard work. But at this time that Jesus was teaching, there was multiple Jews that were listening, and they would have quickly picked up on the assimilation. Um, this reference would have alluded to the slavery experienced by their ancestors at the hands of Pharaoh. However, the people at this time would have also known that the yoke that Jesus is talking about in verse 29 is a double yoke. So to put this all together, let's backtrack just a tiny bit. So the Israelites 
they were the people that Moses led out of Egypt, right? Before that happened, Pharaoh kept them in slavery. He kept them oppressed. He um, feared a revolt because, honestly, they were reproducing crazy fast. They were growing in numbers. He couldn't keep up. But he was so afraid of the revolt that might occur, he tried to keep them in slavery. He did this by adding to their workload. He kept them busy. He kept them physically and mentally exhausted so they couldn't possibly stand a chance at forming a coup and revolting against him. So as I said, the audience at the time understood, though, that in verse 29, that this was a double yoke that Jesus was talking about. So as you can see, a yoke is a piece of wood, and usually it's uh, straps of leather that go around uh, the animal's neck. And a double yoke, you always see in pairs, and it's uh, kind of meant to not overwork one animal. So paradoxically, Jesus is asserting that his yoke is easy and light, and the load to behold is not heavy. So to us, I get it, in our 21st century first world mindset, it does seem like something oppressive. But are you noticing it's used by a pair of oxen? When slavery talks about a yoke, it's one. This is used by a pair. So they found that the load pulled by, a yox, by oxen, uh, it was exceedingly more productive as they hauled carts or other tools. So what's written between the lines is an invitation. Here Jesus is saying, let me come alongside you. Let me help you carry that load. You don't have to do this on your own. Because what I offer, what I give to you, I want to help you. So my question is, in what sense can Jesus' load be easy? Well, going back to the suffering that the Israelites experienced, when compared with the suffering under yokes, the slavery yoke of humans who don't care for one's well-being, in contrast to the one who places himself under the yoke of Jesus, it is quite light. When Jesus first delivered these words, he was not directly communicating to the Pharisees. And what I mean by that is he wasn't talking to them, he wasn't talking with them, he was talking at them. So remember, there's two different people groups in attendance. There's the Pharisees, and then there's the poor. And the poor are the people that Jesus was speaking directly to. So these were people that had been taken advantage of by the Pharisees. They were poor. They were told that if they gave more money, that if they did better, that if they attended to ridiculous rules and regulations, then the Messiah would come. But what makes it worse is so not only were these people poor, but they felt taken advantage of. They had by the people in their very surroundings, they had been exhorted, they had been humiliated, they had been broken, we might even say destroyed. So these people were under a pharisaic yoke of slavery. And what we also see here in this passage is that the Pharisees are at the core of opposition. Jesus is directly contrasting his teachings with the teachings of the Pharisees. You see, the Pharisees had created a religious system that wore people out. Have you ever experienced anything like that? 
Jesus was explaining to them that unlike the Pharisees around them, that the weight of what Jesus offers is exceptionally light in comparison to the heavy burdens, the excessive laws, rules, and regulations that the scribes and the Pharisees insisted upon at this time. Whoop, there we go. Whoop. Oh, I think we're missing a slide. No, we're not. There it is. Um, so we will be studying this later, months later, uh, in Matthew 23. Um, but this is simply Jesus calling out that he sees us, and his response to all that weighs us down is, how about you let me help? How about you let me in? How about you let me come alongside you and help you carry the weight of that burden? How about you stop doing this on your own? How about you trust me with all that you're carrying? I think we see here that Jesus is directly acknowledging those who have been humbled, who, those who have been hurt, I think that Jesus is explaining that those people, they have a direct path line to God, whereas those, those that are self-made, self-fulfilled, hyper-religious, prideful, those who seem to have it all by their own doing, they don't see their need for God. And ironically, that's what keeps them from God. I just love how we can so clearly see with such definition, the heart of God in this passage. God pays such close attention to the down and out. God makes certain that they are attended to. One of my um, favorite, very favorite authors, Brendan Manning, puts it like this. Jesus comes not for the super spiritual, but for the wobbly, weak need who know that they don't have it all together and who are not too proud to accept the handout of amazing grace as we glance up, we are astonished to find the eyes of Jesus open with wonder, deep with understanding, and gentle with compassion. What we need to come to terms with is that grace stands in opposition to works. Grace stands in opposition to our human efforts, which lack the power to save. Because if our efforts alone had the power to save, the reality of grace would be annulled. Grace stands in opposition to the law that the Pharisees taught. Here, Jesus explains that all are welcome and embraced by a loving God. However, it is not through our own virtue or morality. It is surely by the most generous gift ever, and we call that grace. It does bear to be stated that Jesus is not dismissing the law. What he is doing is he is emphasizing love of God and love of neighbor, love of others. He is emphasizing mercy over sacrifice, which, again, completely contradicts what the Pharisees taught at the time. In this verse that we're studying, Jesus also... Um, oh, are we missing a slide, Lauren? Is there one uh, Jeremiah on there? That's okay. I'll read it to you. Okay, so uh, in the passage, Jesus is also referencing back to the prophet Jeremiah who is someone that the Jews would have been very familiar with. And the words that Jesus was saying contrast. This is what, I'll read it to you. This is Jeremiah 6, 16. The Lord says, stop at the crossroads and look around. Ask for the old godly way and walk in it. Travel its path and you will find rest for your souls. But you stubbornly reply, no 
that's not what we want. We are literally offered everything. And in our short-sighted tunnel vision, we reject it. We say, that's not what I want. That's not how I want it. Can you relate? I know my heart's been guilty of this. You see, my friends, there is something inherently wrong when the emphasis is placed on what I do and not what God has done for me. There is something wrong when personal responsibility replaces personal response. There is something wrong when we neglect that our action step is simply to follow Jesus. We get caught up in this never-ending cyclical pattern. It's like a hamster wheel of trying to do and to be enough. And my friends, when it's up to us, we've disconnected from Jesus. That's instead taking a very heavy burden upon ourselves, a burden that we were never intended to carry. Because the fact is, though, that the yoke that we do have to carry, those that align themselves with Christ, it is easy and it's light. And its lightness comes from a compassionate God, a God who gives sight to the blind and makes the lame walk, a God who makes the dead hear and raises the dead, a God who brings good news to the poor. My friends, we're the poor. We are the poor, pathetic humanity who was given everything and we chose to trade it for a lie through the fall of humanity all hope of getting to god was completely and utterly destroyed but god couldn't have that he came to us jesus stopped at nothing at nothing to make a way and i don't know about you but i don't think there's any more good news than that so my friends, my question for you this morning is to what are you attaching? And I would like to invite you, just take a moment and really contemplate that, think about that. What are you attaching to? What have you picked up along the way that's heavy that Jesus never asked you to carry? What are you not surrendering to our gracious, loving, and attentive Savior? Just take a moment and search your hearts. I just wonder if there's something in your heart and in your life that you've ultimately said, no thanks, Jesus. I've got it. I don't need you. But the fact is, he does all the heavy lifting that we are incapable of doing. Maybe you have long ago accepted Jesus as your Savior, but maybe there is something that you are refusing to let him in on. Maybe it's out of fear or shame. Maybe it's because you have become stuck in a pattern, in a system, and you're just used to doing it on your own. Maybe control is what you've learned. Maybe you've learned to depend on you. Maybe you've been hurt and broken and taken advantage of by other people, and you've learned not to trust others. But our Savior, he's inviting you to put that down to personally enter God's healing presence that offers peace and love, care, and guidance. I wonder if I can challenge you this morning. May I challenge you to surrender? May I challenge you to accept our inviting God's invitation? May I challenge you to walk in his loving strength of the loving God as we journey together? Let's pray.